Welcome to Art of the Float, where float centers thrive. This is our weekly podcast where we share our stories of starting and running our float centers. Join us as we work together to raise our education level on building, marketing, and running our centers. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Art of the Float, and visit us on artofthefloat.com to find show notes, links, pictures from all the episodes, all that good stuff. I am Dylan. I'm one of your co-hosts. I own the float shop in Portland, Oregon with my wife, Sandra Calm, and I'm joined tonight with Amy of Float Nashville. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it was a moment. Perfect. You, we don't, you don't normally you say hello during that time. I paused. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Amy. How you doing? Thank you. Good, good, good. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Uh, let's hear. Before we get started, uh, and I want to want to introduce everything we're we're doing for the next few weeks here. But um, I just want to give a shout out to our Patreon supporters. We appreciate it so much. I'm really blown away by the community here. It's really exciting, really cool, and very thankful. Uh, first, I want to give a shout out to Austin Coombs for, from Forever Floating Health Spa, Sean Hodgson. Hodgson. Oh no, he's going to be angry. I'm going to get an a- angry Facebook message. Sean Hodgson from Motor City Float. Uh, who uh, is a very, very sweet man. Actually, I met him at uh, two years ago float conference. Really cool guy. And as is his wife. And Dana Highfield from Float North. I happen to know Dana as well. And we, uh, we grab drinks every once in a while. And she's, she's building out a float center in uh, North Portland, obviously, with the name Float North. But anyway, Dana's awesome. And Dana, thank you so much for supporting our show. It means so much to us. Love it. Thank you. Thank all of you. Uh, let's see here. Um, if you want to check out, if you're in Float Collective, you can see some of the pictures that we've posted. We always um, donate a few uh, pictures to the Float Collective that we think are of high quality. Uh, if you'd like access to more photos, basically anybody who donates at the $10 level or higher gets access to high quality pictures of people floating. And um, I, I think the pictures are getting better and better as we go and learn more about photography and editing. And you can use that for your social media. You can use that for uh, your email blasts. I mean, really, for your website, that they're high enough quality. I mean, gosh, so much online these days. When you post a picture, it needs to be just all the way across two screens, high resolution. And when you hover your mouse over it, the picture even gets bigger. It's absolutely ridiculous. So these should, should make it easier for you. I do my best to uh, get angles where you can't tell the tank, uh, tank tell what it is or I go in there and I, I blur out edges and buttons to make it uh, less noticeable what kind of tank they're floating in to just make it as usable for everybody as possible. So I hope you guys enjoy that. So again, thanks everybody for supporting us. It's been awesome. I do want to give a shout out to our sponsor, CA Float Concepts as well. Hopefully you got to see them at the float conference. They've got some pretty phenomenal technology going on in those float tanks, in and out of those float tanks, uh, voice commands to your for turning on their lights, and uh, in their new prototype float tank, even a, I don't know if it's a t- type of glass or if it's plastic, I believe it is a type of glass that uh, it's a door that you can see through, open and close as you get inside the tank. And then with a tap of your finger, the it goes completely dark. So we are officially living in the future at this point. Thanks to CA Float Concepts. Uh, CAFloatConcepts.com is where you want to check them out. And check them out on Instagram. Follow them on Instagram. Uh, CA Float Concepts is their name on there as well. Check it out. Uh, really cool stuff and it's been really fun just watching them develop their technology as they're uh, gearing up to put out their first float tank amy uh how you doing your eyes still working are they did you stare right at the sun or (laughs) smarter than our president (laughs) 
that should be a game <laughs> show. Are you smarter than uh. our president? Um, yes, I, I can see clearly, which is a beautiful thing. Uh, float Nashville, I, being the planning person that I am, I did buy my eclipse glasses for everybody at Float Nashville back <laughs> nice. in ju June. Before oh they my got God, I know, I oh know. What is wrong with me, right? Can you run my business, please? <laughs> <God>. <laughs> and my personal life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, because I need someone to run my personal life. Let's just not go there. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah. So we God. were all decked out. It was Eclipse Week, which means we had a big party. Did you have a party? Were you all it in the path of totality? You know, so we were in the path of totality oh, up, nice. up in Portland here. So, uh, well, I should say well. just outside <laughs> of Portland, we are in the path of totality. Um, that's that's Brian you're hearing here. And uh, he left to Malala where you got the 100%. You got to see that diamond ring, that classic thing everybody's talking about. We had a napping baby girl. And so we walked Ooh. outside of our condo and looked at it. And Sandra, I'm sorry to interrupt your story, but... <laughs> but Sandra um, put on her nerd glasses and her, or her scientist goggles, I should say, and maybe both, and made a, a eclipse box so we could look into the box and watch it, uh, although we had glasses as well that we got to borrow from s some sweet neighbors, but it was, it was pretty awesome, and uh, although we didn't get the beautiful ring, it was definitely moving just mm. to see everything get quiet and dark, you know, yeah. midday. That was trippy, man. That's pretty magical. Right? I have to say, yes. pretty magical. Well, we were in so that path yeah. of totality, awesome. and so we threw an eclipse party for our for our staff, and uh, Mark was grilling burgers and dogs <laughs> in the parking lot, and uh, yeah. we were having a great time. And then we went out and, <laughs> okay, so obviously I'm only good at planning parts of things because I forgot to get chairs or anything. So we all laid in our parking oh, lot on the ground. So and our parking lot is a very frequent turnaround for drivers, <laughs> and I'm laying there. You know, here we are with our eclipse glasses, can't see anything except that sun. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I hope Just that everybody's looking at the <laughs> eclipse and nobody drives in because we're all spread out laying on the ground. Uh, my uh, One of our employees, hilarious. yeah, she compared it to we look like we're doing drunken yoga. Nice. Um, and I'm sure that's, I'm sure that's true. <laughs> uh, but it was, it was a beautiful moment, and it had a nice little perk. So What's that? The last few weeks, I've been complaining about how slow August is. Oh. Well, being in the path of totality, as uh, Nashville and northern uh, and northern Tennessee was, we were flooded nice. with tourists and people. It was insane. And it never occurred to me. I, I was looking. <laughs> you know, things have been slowing up. So our weekends, they fill up eventually, but they mm -hmm. haven't been filling up very quickly. Last Monday, I looked at the... At the uh, thing, and I'm like, wait a second, we're almost booked Friday, Saturday, Sunday. What is going on? It's Surprise. like, oh, it's the eclipse. Thank <laughs> God for the eclipse. So, uh, <laughs> so, so you're saying people who are really into the eclipse might also, in a Venn diagram, there might be some layover there on, might on floating. Be. Interesting. There just might be, because we were <laughs> we were hopping. Um, and that was a nice, it was a nice perk. You know, we're, we're a little bit behind from last year, even last mm. year in August. Uh, which is, you know, making me crazy. Comparing right. those numbers, I gotta stop looking at those numbers as often as I do. But well, you always um, want to grow, right? You like, do, you yeah. do. And we're about we're about four percent behind last year's mm. August numbers, which is making me crazy. But hey, we're paying the bills, so I shouldn't <laughs> complain, right? right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I hear you though. I, I <laughs> had the same, very similar feelings. Yeah, yeah. So 
I was I was really thrilled with the eclipse traffic that it brought in and continues to bring in. Uh, oh, today cool. was another crazy busy day, Damn. and was right on the the coattails of doing an August special. So we decided mm. to do this just off the cuff to do an August special where if one of our current floaters brought someone who's never float before, they both float. They get their floats together for ninety nine dollars, which comes out to uh, forty eight forty eight fifty. Uh, 49.50, sorry, my math is off. Um, and then our members, if they brought in someone new, they got to float for free. Nice. And their person, their guest got to float for 49.50. So awesome. um, it had been doing okay. You know, August is a slow month. Even when I, I find, even when I do specials, it's just tough hmm. to get people through the doors. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm alone in that. I'd love to hear other people's uh, experience during August. But um, but it's been bringing in a slow trickle, some some new people coming through, and we like that. But that eclipse really kind of gave us a nice little boost that I was not expecting. And I would love to hear if there were other float centers along that path of totality who also felt that little bump this August. I know we're uh, all looking for for a little bump. So Portland is not exactly on the path of totality, but my brother's marijuana dispensary was. And so, yeah, he got a big bump. Apparently, there's some Venn diagram <laughs> overlap there <laughs> as well. So I, I don't know about other float centers uh, along the path, but I think I think just businesses in general. I heard there were food shortages. Ga people, uh, yeah. Gas stations were out of gas. I don't yeah. know how much of that was hype. And, and I, think, I think it depends it. on... A lot of people, you know, they spent anywhere, any time in the three days leading up to it to get there, and then everyone left after the eclipse was over. Yeah. So we had, we had zero traffic going to our location, which was only like forty minutes outside of Portland, um, but it took us like an hour and a half to get back because we waited, we waited a little bit, and I had friends that were out in Eastern Oregon that. They had been on. They've been on the road for seven and a half hours and still weren't home yet. Wow. Um, so I think it. I think it cool. depended on where you were, but it was rough in like certain spots for sure. Camp one more night rather right. than <laughs> all that traffic. Well, no the kidding. news in our place, they were telling us to get you know to get extra bread and milk, and I'm like, wait a second, is there a snowstorm <laughs> coming <laughs> yeah. that I'm not aware of? What is this eclipse doing exactly? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we, we had, had some shortages. We we were told that level of hype as well like we were just mm -hmm. planning on staying indoors yeah like the bread and milk exactly <laughs> and then like as it got closer and closer it's like what and then we, it ended up being one of the cleanest or easiest driving days ever because i think everybody was either gone or staying indoors basically so the freeways were clear i could go very quickly down the freeway mm -hmm. which was awesome and uh yeah that was actually a great day for driving <laughs> nice yeah, uh, yeah. Getting to and from work was fine. It was, it was afterwards that things got right. right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and again, you're like you're in the totality of it, right? So you yeah. you get the brunt of it. It was it was mm. a madhouse for sure, but mm -hmm. but great on a from an economic standpoint for our mm. not yeah. only our city but everybody north, the smaller cities. Uh, they were saying this generated an extra thirty three million dollars oh in God. revenue. That's crazy. Yeah, and for Jeez. our small towns where they're struggling, <laughs> yeah, it's great. So. Yeah, I heard it. like 60 bucks for camping, like just mm -hmm. on somebody's farm, just for a plot to, you know, to put up your tent was 60 bucks. I don't even know if they had porta potties or what have you. So uh, you could you could definitely rake in some cash during this time. Um, 
I wanted to ask. So when you when you did that special, did did you mm-hmm. find that that bumped or modest? We got a little bump. Okay. So. <laughs> You know, like I was saying, in August, it doesn't seem to matter what special we do, which is why I'm kind of, I kind of have a tendency to move away from specials in August, just because even doing a special, it, it's not doing a whole lot. Now, we are getting about one to two groups of people, so it's, you know, it's a, it's a deal for two people. So we're getting about one to two groups a day uh, that are coming in and utilizing it just in the past, and it's only Monday through Friday. We did put that stipulation on it. Um but it took about four days after I announced it for anybody to even start booking that. So hmm. I'm not sure if it's really oh, like it drove. got shared a lot. Hmm. I'm not sure if it drove people in, but it got shared a lot. So I'm like, well, at least there's some publicity with right. it. Some, you know, it's getting shared. It's getting shown to new eyes, people who are kind of interested in floating. But um, you know, one of the things I hate about putting a new special I don't know if it's y'all this is another reason I, I dread putting out specials is you know within the first day or two we got about three emails and two phone calls saying well you know if I book in August for September can't <laughs> I still take advantage of this deal yeah. and you know there was like every single loophole that people were right, right. <laughs> were, were looking for um, which is always frustrating to me um, I have a tough time being <laughs> naive I think no, that's not true. I don't have tough times, <laughs> nice. but it's, it is frustrating, and I, I just get at least a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, some some. I think I might be it might be easier for me judging by your reaction. I <laughs> I don't necessarily know. I, I feel like I'm pretty good at handling that, but yeah, there, this always seems to be just a tiny percentage of people that are always looking to eke out that extra mm-hmm. extra little bit, and I try to roll with it as best as possible. And yeah, you know, like uh, if we did a Groupon and. You know, we'll we'll extend it a week afterwards. You know, that that's mm-hmm. absolutely fine. And and we've that's in our documentation. You know, if a gift certificate's expired, it, you, they can come in a week afterwards because people book last minute. Like, oh my God, this mm-hmm. thing is running out. I gotta go in, and then uh, and of course we're we're booked up. Well, ideally, you know, we're booked up, and so <laughs> then we have to say uh, we're we yeah. we get to kind of take the high ground and say we'll go ahead and bend over for you and and bend over mm-hmm. backwards a little bit and mm-hmm. extend it one week. So. And I do that with uh, gift cards mm-hmm. uh, and Groupon, that sort of thing. We have no problem doing it with that. It's the specials it's the that special. are very limited right. uh, because once you make that, yeah, we're giving you a deal. <laughs> once you make that exception, you know, it's a little different when they've already spent money. To my, in my right. opinion, right. it's a little bit different. So we do budge a lot on that. And if somebody calls and say, "Hey, I just found out my gift certificate expired," like, great, can you make it in the next two weeks? We're gonna, we're gonna honor that gift certificate. Not a problem. Um, that's a really good yeah. point, and and that I think we've talked about that. What we've talked about mm-hmm. everything on the show, <laughs> but it, it reminds <laughs> me of the the fact that you do have to like put up your yeah. wall and take care of yourself too, and just be like, this is how it is, and you can make your choice and not be rude about it, but like this is just how we're running things, and and they can choose if yeah. they want to go forward with it or not. Well, I think it's important that you set boundaries and you make people responsible for that. I mean, they had three weeks to take advantage of this deal. Um, you know, within that three weeks, if you really want to make it a priority, you really want to do it, you will. If not, then those aren't what I'm looking for anyway. I'm looking for people who, who are excited about this and who will make this a priority and Mm -hmm. will make this happen within that deal. So, um, yeah, that's how I feel about specials as opposed to, as opposed to something that they've spent money on already. But I do think boundaries are important and, and making people be responsible adults uh, and making people prioritize, uh, 
um, it's a, it's an important thing. You know, it was surprising to me just that you wanted to do a, a special anyway, and that it was last minute. I was like, this doesn't yeah. sound like the Amy I know at all. It's it's not, um, and I don't know. I don't, I don't do this stuff often. And I don't do it um, don't do it lightly. But I figured, you know, if this is how August is going to be every year, why not try something out and see if it's something we want to continue next August? So the uh, the jury's still out whether we'll do whether this will be something that we implement. What I am thinking about, what I am seeing is, you know, April is a, is a slow time for us, and we close during April, but what I've noticed over the past few years is we are getting a little bit busier in April. What I may do is start looking at taking some time to close down and do maintenance repairs and that sort of thing in August. Oh, good call, yeah. Because if we're not, if we're putting a deal out there, and it's a pretty good deal for us, and people aren't biting at it, right. then that's an indication that there's too much stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And this is a better time for us to take that time off and to close the office for a little bit. So got to think about things. Yeah, I got to think about things like that you as know, well. It's, that kind of reminded me of uh, all your employees laying on the cement in your parking lot. <laughs> Do you, was that a paid gig for them to be there or is it voluntar- voluntary? No. So we are closed for deep clean on Mondays until 5 p.m. Okay. And uh, the eclipse happened around 1.30. So Mark, Mark just invited everyone and... Yeah, it was free totally food. Uh, yeah eclipse. free food, volunteer. We we provided the food, provided the glasses. If they wanted to come, nice, great. If they wanted cool. to bring somebody, great. If they wanted to bring family, and they that's fine. Up. That's so and we cool. had some show up. It was really nice. And so no, no, we did not we did not pay for that because it's not our normal working hours. Got but it. it was just a little little perk, a little benefit. That's fun. And uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Those little moments, they make a they make a nice little uh, memory for everyone. I think. It was good. It was a lot of fun. I, I, I applaud you, and I applaud the sense of community that you formed that where they would want to show up to, to work to watch the eclipse. You know, <laughs> that's really cool. That's very, very cool. Um, I want to I'll, I want to make this fairly quick so we can get to the to the audio part, but just things about my week. I, it's been a pretty not, not slow in, like, business sense, uh, people floating, but just kind of slow in, like, I haven't done a whole lot with the business this week. It's been a lot of recouping, Sandra's birthday and st- stuff like that. So, um, and and honestly, a little bit of recovery from the the float conference. Still, uh, <laughs> it just it just seems to go on and on and on. And um, and and uh, so finally, like recharging my batteries and all that. So, um, not a whole lot with the float shop, but I did just want to take a minute to thank everybody for um, just just thanks to our community. Honestly, is kind of just in a general sense. It was just so amazing at the float conference, and I know I already talked about it last week, but I'm still just left kind of glowing about who our community is, and this industry really is different than other industries. And um, you know, maybe maybe in a future episode, I'll, I'll go into that a little bit deeper about um, why I think this industry is so cool and unique. And yeah, I, I'll, I'll save that for another time. But uh, I, I do wanna give a shout out. I'm not sure I actually thanks specifically for the people who wore our t-shirts during the float conference. I thought that was absolutely awesome. And so I just want to thank everybody who did that. If you listened to last week's episode, I was also talking about how I felt really funky about coming in with free swag into the float conference without permission from Graham and Ashcon about that. So I sent an apology email to Ashcon, and he was like, oh, no, that was cool. And I probably would have said yes anyway, so don't worry about it. And uh, that, that made me feel good about it. But, you know, I... Really, I should have sent that email before the conference anyway. But, of course, Ashcon is the coolest person on earth, so <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. 
Um, so anyway, yeah, again, thanks to everybody who was repping for that. And if you are a Patreon supporter and you would like one of these shirts and you didn't get one, uh, contact us and we'd love to mail one out to you and, you know, take a selfie and uh, we'll um, post that on the Instagrams. Yeah, I, th I think what we'll do is uh, we'll uh, I'll take a quick inventory of what, what we've got and uh, and we'll, we'll put up a Google form in the Patreon post. Oh, wow. You're way more organized than I am. It's great. Thanks. Thanks, Brian. Yep. That, that sounds way better. Uh, you know, one of the small things that happened during the conference was there was somebody with a big float center that seemed like they were kind of kind of an industry leader. I'm not going to name names, but they seemed like a big deal. And this person told me nobody's getting rich in the float industry. And I was like, well, you're doing pretty well, right? And, and this person was like, nobody's getting rich. And I was like, well, there's wealth and there's rich. And he's like, yeah, okay, there's, there's, um, there can be wealth and you can create time. You know, there, there can be benefits to it, but nobody is getting rich, like literally nobody. And that just kind of, I, I think I, and we've discussed this before, but it kind of just was refreshing. Like, whew, yeah. even this big shot is saying that. Like, we could be shoulder to shoulder and just be like peers in running this almost altruistic float center business. You know, like this thing that we're all still trying to figure out and still trying to get, get dialed in to be financially successful and kind of kind of crack this nut open you know what I mean yeah. um, so and and even if it never is that like we're still doing this because we love helping people we love this industry we love floating ourselves and for that reason we're all just shoulder to shoulder and that's that would like stuck with me throughout the entire weekend of just we are all here for that particular reason. And the people who aren't there for that reason probably aren't at the float conference in the first place. And that, that also rang true to me as well. So um, that was just like a nice little thing that I guess you could kind of hang your head low <laughs> because of that. But for me, it was like, ah, that is awesome. <laughs> you know, I, I think what it does for me, and I think maybe for some other people out there, is when you make comments like that, when, when I hear things like that, I don't know how many of y'all do this, hmm. but how many of us are sitting at home and comparing ourselves and mm. looking at Flow Collective and comparing ourselves to other people? It's like, oh, are my tanks good enough? Oh, you know, I'm such a loser compared to that person. They seem to have all their stuff together. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're sitting at I, I do it. I sit at home. I compare myself all the time. It's like, wow, what am I doing wrong? It looks right, like I'm, you right. know, looks like they're doing so well and they're so organized. And how do they have all this time? And it's, you know, what am I doing wrong? And when I hear things like that, it's like, Oh, yeah, we're all in the same boat. We're all in this together. There is no one better. There's no <laughs> no better than, no less than. Yep. We are all in the same boat. And when we start getting that whole, where am I in the, right, <laughs> in right. the whole scheme of things, uh-uh. We're all on an even line. We're all in that it's same really boat. We're all in that same place. And so I hope that when you hear things like, like I do, when I hear things that, that you're saying, Dylan, it actually gives me – a bit of relief. It's like, okay, it's okay to admit yeah. that, hey, <laughs> right. I'm not getting rich either. I'm not making any money. I'm not taking this out. You know what I mean? It's like, it's okay. Yeah. You're not, you know, when you feel like you're doing something wrong or you feel like something's not going the way that you think it should be, it's okay. Yeah. It's all right. We're all in the same, same boat. We're all doing the best we can. We're all growing together. Beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely. That's well right. Well said. Well said. Well said. Uh, I Thank you yeah. for sharing that. Thanks, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. one other thing I want to add to that is that, mm -hmm. and I, I can't remember if I mentioned this last week or not, but just the idea, I, I was talking with somebody else about this concept, and they were saying, like, yeah, nobody's getting rich. 
And I said, but he's created this amount of time for me so I can do things like this podcast or work on other projects or spend a ton of time with my baby girl that wouldn't have been possible working a nine to five. Like that, that would just be off the table completely. That just would never be able to happen. So even if it's not a ton of money, it's created this vacuum of space where I'm able to put my attention on something else or mm. try to generate revenue through something else uh, or, you know, use that free time to make money another way or start another business, you know, another float center. You know what? It, it allows once it gets kind of running to, to a decent beat or a hum, then it does allow you this ability to flex your muscles again on something else, uh, whatever that is for you. And maybe it's volunteering and maybe it's starting another business, what, whatever it is. But I think that is a really cool thing that shouldn't be omitted on the topic as well. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see here. I want to talk about the next few episodes here. Uh, so what we have, um, we went into the Soul of the Industry Roundtable on Friday, the day before the float conference started in earnest, and uh, there was a two-hour roundtable discussion. Started with an introduction from the soul of the industry that um, just talks about what the float collective is, and that means the float collective Facebook group, as well as the float collective, formerly known as the Canadian Float Collective. That is just the the grouping of people um, that, to some degree, seemed like it was doing something similar as the FTA, the Float Tank Association, that's based out of the U.S. And uh, that just a lot of clarity came from that on what exactly uh, the FC is today and where they're going. So I think that was really valuable. And then it opened up to a discussion that I thought was awesome. One of the high points for me, I was the guy running around with the audio gun pointing it at people to, to pick up the audio. Uh, the most entertaining thing for me, or maybe most interesting, was talking about insurance and um, mm -hmm. with the, the pros and cons of insurance and how to just how to work with the industry, the insurance industry on insurance, you know, and, and if we should be in the first place at all. I mean, there was just a lot of really good in-depth discussion about that. So I hope everybody tunes in for that. Uh, I think what we're going to do is most likely break this up into two episodes. I actually, I <laughs> full disclosure, haven't mixed the audio yet. So uh, we'll um, probably be cutting it into two episodes. And uh, let's see here. Beyond that, we also had an awesome interview with Colin Stanwell-Smith. We've wanted to have him on for some time, uh, but because you know he's in a very different time zone, we've never really been able to sync it up. So we actually locked him in a room, sat him down for an interview, and uh, he talked for <laughs> like <laughs> between 60 and 90 minutes straight of just fascinating information. I could not good. believe it. it was I, very good. Yeah, uh, Colin did not disappoint. Oh my gosh, Eddie has opinions too, man. It was so good talking about the FTA, talking about uh, regulations. He had so many interesting insights and thoughts and opinions that he was uh, not scared to share. So I'm really excited to put that up as well. And for those who don't know who uh, Colin Stanwell Smith oh, is, even nice. though even yeah. though he's a man, myth, and legend, <laughs> we do have new listeners. Yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. um, we, uh, he is co-owner of Float Away who makes a uh, tranquility tank and float around. Well, we'll, we'll do their advertisement later, but yeah, he, <laughs> he owns the float tank company float away. And he, he speaks at every conference as well. Um, which by the way, we saw the bump in listeners too. Hello to all of our new listeners as well. Yeah, welcome. welcome. Welcome to the podcast. And uh, let's see here. The other one that we are most likely going to air is the recording from 
the Float Tank Association. Uh, it was a little bit last minute, so the audio is definitely not going to be as good as the Soul of the Industry one. Uh, but there is a lot of, uh, not, I'm not quite sure what the word is. Um, I think angst is the word, uh, and not, not, not necessarily in a negative way, but um, there are questions about the FTA, what the FTA is doing, what's going on with our dues, what's going to happen in the future, why are you asking for our money? Just a lot of questions that I think every float tank center has about why, why do I want to contribute to this organization? And we got the audio for that. And so I think um, even if it's not the best, and I've listened to some of it, and it's actually not, not that bad. I think it's, it is definitely listenable. I want to put that out for people to listen to because I think there's some really, really important stuff that goes on uh, during that discussion and lets people know where FTA is now. I mean, kind of similar from the uh, Float Collective discussion, where they are now, where they're going in the future. FTA is coming from a very different history and where they want to be in the next 365 days from the conference. So mm -hmm. I want to be sure to get that up there and um, have everybody have the opportunity to listen to that. Um, I do need final approval to, to air that audio, which um, I got I got verbal approval, but I just need that in ink to, to make sure my my bases are covered. But anyway, that's what we plan on doing. The, the roundtables were each two hours. So uh, what we'll probably be doing is similar to what we're doing today, record our intro, and then we'll be segueing to a portion of one of the interviews or the roundtable discussions. And um, yeah, and uh, I think that's what we'll be doing for yeah, a little, little over a month through here. And then we'll bring back uh, more awesome guests in the industry and experts and marketing and all that good stuff. And uh, also gives us, us a little bit of free time to work on some things behind the scenes, some changes to the show, stuff like that that I'm excited to announce as well. So stay tuned and enjoy the soul of the industry discussion. Uh, before we segue to that, though, of course, we want to give a shout out to FloatHelm, the scheduling software that was built from the ground up for float centers. And yeah, I talk about it I think every week just how many ridiculous pieces of software all go into one piece of software for this one uh, which is also nice just so you don't have 50 tabs open I that's always been a pain in my butt of just which tab do I go to for this oh, I've got somebody on the phone and I need to go over here and I need to jump to that when it's everything is always in the same place in one tab and it's like your float take measurements are here your logbook is here you know just everything is exactly where you want it to be is so convenient Plus, you don't have a bill going out to the place for your, um, you know, organizing your discussions that's built into it, and you don't have a place for a Google Doc open for tracking your, your numbers. You don't have bills going out to different places. It all goes into the, uh, to, to one place, FloatHelm, so you have a definite amount of money that's going out every month as opposed to people who are raising their prices, and it's varying every single month. So it just simplifies everything on so many levels. So. Floathelm makes sense in a lot of ways. Floathelm.com is where you want to go, and that's also where you can schedule a tour of Floathelm, a live tour. Uh, so there's no reason not to do that. <coughs> Floathelm.com. All right, guys, so this is the Float Conference 2017 Soul of the Industry audio. This is the first portion. Uh, we will be putting up the slides uh, to this on the day that this is released as well. So uh, for the most part, the audio just makes sense. But if you do want to see some of the slides and see, um, you know, just use, use that for reference. Or if you're listening on your computer and you want to bring that up, uh, please do that. Please enjoy Soul of the Industry Part 1. Welcome, guys. Welcome to the Soul of the Industry Workshop. Um, how many people are currently active and or um, uh, kind of partake in the Flow Collective Facebook page? 
Very cool. So some of you have to jump on that because it's, it's an awesome resource. But um, anyways, what we'll get into is some intros. Um, so if you want to pop off to the, the next piece. Um, anyways, welcome back. Um, Brad and Dan ended up running this, this workshop last year. So um, we're going to kind of get through a little bit of uh, uh, an introduction of what's going on uh, on today and then basically pass the reins over to them to kind of get a really cool discussion going. But kind of like what is the... Uh, who was here last year? Who was here for the solar industry workshop last year? Oh man. There's some context there. This is going to be like, yeah, it's going to be like super cool. And we'll, we'll blast through here. But that's actually super cool. It's going to be like really, really awesome. Um, so I'm sure you guys have tons of questions with, with everything, the, the question that we just asked, who we are, um, what this is, and, and what we're kind of planning on doing. But the idea is what we hope to achieve uh, today is we're going to recap last year's um, solar industry findings and kind of feedback. Um, we're then going to kind of introduce the Flow Collective, um, who's on it, who's part of it, what's kind of the whole kind of mission. We're going to reflect a lot of community feedback on the like, top focus areas that was actually put on and, and, and pulled on the, um, the Flow Collective page, um, which is with, with some things that we're going to want to talk about today. Um, express how kick-ass you all are. That's, that's, that's one. Um, and then uh, kind of by the end of it, hopefully be able to identify kind of a cool agenda that we as a group and a community will have for the next 12, 18 months, and even from now to the next, uh, the next flow conference. Um, and then, yeah, just really prime things to create a dialogue for like a continued conversation online, being able to kind of reach out, realize that like we can all talk with each other, we can exchange phone numbers and emails, we can ask questions, and we can help each other out in all kinds of ways. So um, I'll pop the next slide there. So now, what, uh, I'll pass the reins over here to, to Dan and Brad just to go over last year's findings and quickly just recap what was going on there so we can kind of just like move forward and get to the, the, some of the real fun stuff. You want to grab this? Well, yeah, sure, I'll take a stab. So last year, um, for those of you who did come, um, it was very just open dialogue, open discussion. That's what we're going to do here today. What we tried to identify is work some of the weak points, some of the different threats that we saw from external perception, some of the things that we noticed internally, whether it's at our own float center or another float center across the street. Um, and so, you know, we identified that it's a bit of a wild west um, kind of thing going on. It's still happening. There's still a lot of inconsistencies um, in how people operate their float center. Some of those are fantastic inconsistencies. Some of them maybe not so much. Um, there is uh, some different ideals that we identified that we as an industry kind of want to uh, project outward, and that's you know altruism, being um, you know looking out for your guests and your floaters, with not not really taking into consideration how that might affect you. Really, just caring from your heart the whole way, uh, being very inspirational, solution focused. Uh, kind of businesses or companies within your communities to support your communities and their, their health and wellness. And um, we, we identified some perceptions of, you know, we want to make sure that we are lo looked at as being credible, legitimate, um, and safe and science-based were some of the ones that came up last year. Um, and then we know some threats as well. Maybe I'll take the threat down. Yeah, and I think for some context, like if anybody's wondering why is this called the soul of the industry, I'm looking at things about cannabis and floating and activating local champions, like what does that have to do with the soul? So the context last year was really just to take a moment and have a gut check of like, as an industry, are we headed in the direction that we actually want to go in based on the values that we all have as float center owners? And what are the attributes to that? How do we, how do we define 
who it is that we want to be as an industry as we move forward. And so these were kind of the areas that we identified as, oh, here's the attributes we want to associate ourselves with. Here's some of the threats to us not operating in that way. So that, that's really what's being summarized here is a lot of the conversation around that, that last year. Um, so I mean, the, the, big, the big threats to us being able to move forward as an industry that we want to be based on our ideals really did come down to use of terminology, um, sanitation protocols, um, operating in the realm of pseudoscience, making claims that we can't really back up or support. You know, that was a big area that everybody in, in the workshop then felt that, yeah, that's, that's a big risk if people just start seeing us as slingers of half-truths and pseudoscience. Um, the whole concept of competition between centers versus cooperation between centers was viewed as a risk to us as an industry if we want to move forward as we like to define ourselves and those attributes that we have. So just that whole rivalry between centers was viewed as a, as a corrosive, damaging thing versus actually working together. So that's really what Float Collective is about, is helping us all work together. Um, and then just there was, there was a big focus, and we'll, we'll get into talking about FTA. I think Shoshana's here somewhere. Okay, maybe we should jump in back in at some point. We'll, we'll end up talking about FTA at some point. Um, but there was a big need for just having a body that serves as a way of accrediting float centers, um, kind of like the golden seal, the golden stamp that we can all stand behind. Um, that, the lack of that was viewed as, as kind of a, a threat to the, to the industry. Um, some of the stigmas that we identified, again, with pseudoscience, this perception of it being this weird altered states, tripping balls in a tank kind of thing was, was you know, viewed as a stigma. Um, and just the, the perception of it being unsanitary, we all know it's not the reality, but the public perception of there being, how did someone put it yesterday, like human soup, I think was, was one of the phrases that came up. So that, that again was viewed as a kind of a risk or a, a thing that as an industry we need to work together on to make sure that that just goes away as, as a perception. Um, and so the big call to action at the end of that workshop was um, to have a, a central body or bodies. It doesn't have to be one body. It could be multiple bodies who are all working to meet those, those goals and really help move us forward as an industry that's accountable and transparent and is living the ideals that we all want to live as we continue to grow exponentially as an industry. So I hope that helps create some context for why this is called the soul of the industry. A lot of what we're talking today is kind of building on from that. Twelve months down the road, you know, we've all had a lot of discussion around the outcomes of that, that workshop and how Float Collective, the small team, can help the whole collective, that's all of you, really work, work together to uh, um, create that industry that's accountable and transparent. Does that make sense? Um, so now we'll like, quickly get in to just like what what we are, what we plan on doing, um, so that who we are, what we do, and why we do it. Um, just so that again, we can create a little bit more context and clarity. Especially since I'm glad that you asked the question. You know, who is who is here last year? Again, show of hands. Who is who is here last year? Very cool. So there's like a lot of new faces, which is going to be really nice to just kind of create that 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 definition of, of, of what we're even all doing here. Um, the idea is that we're just a bunch of other float center owners, right? We're just a group of, of passionate float enthusiasts, um, whether you work in a center, whether you own your own center, whether you work like super right in it, or you end up kind of are, are being able to kind of step back because you've really developed a really cool team. Um, the idea too is like we're most notable too for our Facebook group, which is just about, we'll kind of get into the stats of that, but kind of like a 1,300 people. 
um, and counting for just people being able to interact with each other and ask questions, um, give cool feedback, and, and help each other out. The uh, and the, and the other big thing is is a lot of this, and we'll we'll talk about this in a lot of detail too of just how we've gotten to this point. Of, of that we're here to help make an impact, help get involved in the industry, be able to help each other. This is as much about you helping us as it is you helping, helping you or us helping you. Um, this is, is a, it's a really big basis on community and we all run businesses, we all have things to do and it's, 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 it's always a fun challenge to want to, to reinvest or continually invest in that. And the uh, and again too, I already kind of mentioned it, but like this is you guys. One one of the biggest things that you're gonna hear repeated over and over, and you're like, thanks, Matt and Dan and Brad for just continually hammering into their heads. Is this has nothing to do with us as the Float Collective, um, as a as a nonprofit or a group, and everything to do with everybody else. Like this is our Float Collective, right? This is our group of of, of how we want to kind of make shifts and impact on the industry. Um, so again, we're just comprised of float center owners. Right, float center owners, people who facilitate floats, who, who, who manage float centers, who, who are invested in float centers. Um, and the idea is just to kind of give you a little bit of context on who we are and who we're not, which I think is equally important, is the idea that we're actually registered not-for-profit company. Um, that uh, we're not just an online Facebook group, but for the most part, that's a really cool way of, of kind of getting everybody together. But we're a registered nonprofit company. We don't manufacture float tanks or products or offer any other types of services like you know paid consulting or, or business plans and stuff. That's that's always kind of separate with everybody else. But the the big key right here is, is what I always want to let people know is there's no vested interest in this community beyond just seeing it actually grow, right? And actually seeing things. People, people flourish in their own businesses, people flourish in their own even personal lives while running a business. Like there's so many different factors that can come into play that we all have different experiences and backgrounds to help each other do so. Yeah, absolutely. And just to add something too, something Matt said to me last night actually, is I think we have a really unique opportunity as an industry um, because other industries you maybe have a skill set, um, you know, you're a engineer or something and you go into be an engineer for the city or whatever. But with floating, it's attracted this diverse group of people with different skill sets. And as an industry, we can leverage each other's skill sets and each other's strengths to make up for our own weaknesses. And using things like the Facebook group and different technologies and stuff, we can really grow this industry in a very unique way that's very different from how other industries have, have grown and really make it that community collaboration. So it was a really cool insight you gave last night. And I was like, that, that's awesome, great way of putting it. It's unlike every other industry. It's, it's super, super interesting. We're, we're astoundingly connected in, in a way that no other industry that I know of really is. And, and the way that information just passes between us and leaves our industry and goes out to another industry and they talk about it and it comes back to us and everyone's immediately aware of it. That's such an organic, connected thing that's so special. And I, so anybody who's here is new to the industry is just starting at the center. <laughs> just, just know that you're you're stepping into a pretty different industry that is just super cool to be a part of. And the other big repetition is, yes, you can reach out to people. I, it, it's it's outstanding the amount of times that you meet somebody who you meet for the first time, and it's like big hugs. You're talking about what you do in your center and showing your center, um, especially when when you're in kind of like your local communities. And although it's just like good vibes all the way around, they're just like you're like I never knew I could do that. I never knew I could reach out to a local float center. And I mean, it's not always gonna be the case, but for the most part, especially if you're here, it's like that energy and vibes are open for, for that type of conversation. Now, what do we do? Um, 
the, the, the concept we've, we've really been rolling with, um, especially this last few months, but even since Dan and Brad um, rocked out last year um, for the solar industry, is funding what you love through community source projects. And so this kind of touches, touches on the idea of there's so many different people, like you know, in, in the yoga industry, it's, it's not very specific to the type of person who opens up a yoga studio or gets involved in yoga, but the diversity is nothing even close to the floats, the, the float industry where you have engineers, doctors, lawyers, graphic designers, trade workers, um, people in healthcare, people in, in community services who are all being able to come into this with the passion of floating. And so who's better to create content, who's better to create resources, um, have these conversations, be able to reach out to other people in those industries that they're so familiar with, besides people who open or have float centers that get this whole other type of kind of demographical experience. Um, so what we do, we, we, we're, we're looking to help build resources as a community, so that means being able to reach out to you guys, to then reach back to us, to then us reach out to you guys, even as you guys, we get real meta with this back and forth, because at the same time, and in, even in the big conversation that we had at, uh, at a meeting last night, is the idea that no matter if you're a manufacturer, you own a center, manager center, or whatever side of the coin you're on, you can participate as an individual in, 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 in community so um, being helped to help uh, able to raise funds um, that the idea of like reflective listening and really being able to kind of get that feedback again last year was really predicated on that um, but being able to get feedback like you know even the idea of Dan on the Facebook group put out a list of what do people want to know the most just sort of things like marketing cannabis usage and all that kind of stuff you get the feedback and then that's then what we can facilitate and what we can help align with people um, and then again, that, that kind of falls into just identifying areas, and this kind of comes back, like everything here is all, all really combined, but this idea of identifying areas that we can aid and help align people um, on top of raising funny or money for specific projects, which the big key to this is you know where your money goes because it's everybody's money on projects that people have actually decided to do. And that's again, just one facet of what we're kind of trying to put together. Um, In case it's not clear, by the way, Matt is Mr. T. I just want to make sure that's, <laughs> that's, that's clear. Um, Mr. T? Oh, I missed, I thought Mr. T. I'm just like, it's important. Like, I'm M-A-T-T. There's M-A-T steps, or if there's anybody who's M-A-T, but Mr. T. I love it. This was also a picture put in. That was the greatest thing. That's a, probably what should address immediately is the A-team. Um, there's got to be something that we can do as a group um, in terms of collective marketing that involves the A-team or some kind of like really awesome old school. Um, now why we do it, um, as, as much as we'll, we'll, we'll kind of describe why we're doing it, I don't think it needs to be said too, too much of why anybody is here in Portland, depending where you came from, whether it's Canada, Europe, the States, different, a different state or in the same same city, is the idea that like we're, we're all here for a very similar purpose. But uh, the idea that we're more successful when we work together, and this is again one of those things that's just going to get repeated over and over and over, is that we're all we're all here as a, a diverse group of people who are kind of have, have one common goal, um, and so the idea of being able to work together and leverage each other's skills and talents and experience, like it makes sense. But again, it's why this industry is so 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 different because it's not so common. It's, it's something that really makes a lot of sense, and, and I think kind of feels really good to a lot of people but then to actually say, yeah, like why don't we work together and get each other's expertise and help build resources and kind of get together and have that conversation. But again, it's not something that is, is as common. 
So when you have one person or two people in a business or you have some mentors, super great, but we're talking thousands of people, like thousands of people that you can't even fit in a room if you wanted to. And it's constant feedback, instant feedback from your phones, from your computer, maybe on a conference call, maybe people meet up, like there's all kinds of cool things that can happen. Um, and then the, the, big, the big point, yeah, leveraging creativity, inspiration, and perspective from everybody's different walks of life and experience and skill sets. And then of course, this really resonates with, with myself in terms of just establishing trust and relationships with the industry, which is like exchange phone numbers, exchange emails, reach out to people, say what's up, just talk, say hello, how are you doing, I heard this problem that you had online. Like the minute, and I mean, I even see Mr. Greg Griffin here, where it's just kind of like you see a post somewhere on online and then you end up reaching out and talking on the phone for a little bit. It's like, how, how does that happen? It's totally acceptable. Um, and then the big piece too is like there's that direct accountability, right? So not only kind of the, the crew here, which is what we'll, we'll, what we probably should introduce everybody right off the get-go, but we'll end up uh, doing that right now because not only are we accountable to ourselves, we're also accountable to you guys as well as the vice versa of, of there's that idea that there's just very open information of what we want to do and there's not only is there no sense in hiding things or not being clear, it, it, it completely goes against and makes things a lot more inefficient. But um, and again, too, reducing common inefficiencies and also sharing success is if there's a lot of people having a similar problem and we all, for example, come in or somebody pops in and says, hey, have you guys tried this? Next thing you know, you just have 20 centers being able to create more time for themselves or family or their center or their staff where it was just something nobody was really bringing up. So there's that ability to kind of leverage that space as well. Um, now, before we go into the next slide here, what we'll end up doing, maybe we'll just start in this little corner here because um, we're all scattered around, um, hidden, hidden in, the, in the shadows here. But we have Madame Trika. I'm Trika. Um, you're from Canada? Yeah, I'm from Canada. I've been um, with the Photo Collective since its inception, so like four or five years. Yeah, um, yeah that's me. So. I'm Christian. I'm from Canada too, <laughs> and that's nice. By the way, we're all floating around too, so yeah. maybe you can oh, yeah. say okay. we have one, one love float. One love float. Yeah, float now. Very cool. Yeah. Christian, how do you actually want to Zinnia. That's why I actually am meeting them to introduce themselves, so that you know, we don't have to. Um, do you guys want to? Dustin, uh, been with the Float Collective since the start as well, and I run a float center in Canada as well for the fourth or fifth one of us. Float space, very cool. So, is anybody in the back? Jules. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm Jules, also of Canada. Um, uh, so I've come on as the treasurer and helping them with notes and such. That's what I do. Why are there so many Canadians? Yeah, I was going to say, I'm the one, I'm reluctant to use the word American, because I'm British, but I'm, <laughs> somehow I became the American, the American representative for the collective. Yeah, so it's a, it started out as a Canadian group, and then just realized, hey, there's more power if we just come together and cross that border. So Brad and I really came on board, you know, we, we weren't part of a float collective last year, it was really us kind of kicking around this feedback from last year's workshop. It's like, oh, well, how do we start, how do we influence making this happen? These guys were already making it happen, so we just all joined together, basically. Yeah, joined together. 
So I'm Brad, I'm from Canada as well. It seems like, yeah, silly question to ask, but um, yeah, and I mean, it all started with the Canadian Float Collective. I mean, it was uh, Trika, Dustin, Lance, and you, Matt, right? Yeah, it was actually at a float conference, what, four years ago? Yeah, so it was a, it was a cool discussion mm -hmm. that uh, ended up kind of just sparking this. It's been like a couple of years just doing all kinds of different stuff to then get to the point of connecting with, with Dan and Brad to kind of make something happen. We've got float mama over here. Shoshana, which, which, which. us all as lonely Canadians yeah. at the first conference and said, hey, you guys are like a team up there up in the north. And hey, that's how it started. Yeah. Thanks for over, over picnic table. Yep. Beautiful. And some lunch and food trucks. Um, you want to pop the next thing though, though? So we'll, we'll let uh, Brad, Brad roll with this because that there was that big emphasis that a lot of people notably know at the Float Collective, not as the not-for-profit, which is kind of like the, the, the background of it all, but the idea of um, the, the Facebook group, which has ended up being such a powerful tool to, tool to communicate and connect. So Brad, just gonna run through some, some stats that have been happening here lately. Yeah, for anybody who wants to geek out on this stuff with me, that's totally cool. Um, so the, the Facebook community, it um, comprised mainly of US people, which makes sense, Canada second, um, and then you know I put some other ones in there as well, Australia, New Zealand, United Kingdom. There's over 1,300 members uh, created originally September 29, 2014, um, predominantly men, but not by, not by much. And uh, there's about 700 active members every month. So that's people who actually post something, whether it's a comment or a post uh, page, like any kind of activity um, gets kind of bundled into that stat as well. And there's been over 4,300 posts to date. And the Facebook group is a searchable group. So if you have any kind of question about anything, you can search on there and you're likely gonna find some kind of answer or at least a person that you can connect with and then you know, start a conversation with if you don't feel comfortable doing it maybe on the group publicly. But of course, the power is in the collective of gathering all that information in, the, in that one place so people can really share and, and enhance each other's float centers. Um, goes to that whole collaboration as opposed to competition kind of mantra. If I could add in yeah. too, that for those of you who aren't on there yet, it's a private group, so it is authenticated. Every single person that joins that does get reviewed, and we know that they own, work at, or are involved in the operations or supplying a float center in some way. So this isn't just some broad, open public group. It does create a little bit of a slowdown, a little bit of a bottleneck for getting in there. So if any of you are sitting in the queue right now, that's on me. Um, one, I'm one person reviewing hundreds of random applications to join this float collective thing um, every month. But the key message is that you know you're, you're safe to have conversations in there about the nitty gritty and like the, the good stuff and the bad stuff, and talk about health protocols and sanitation issues and plumbing and like all these other kind of technical level things. Um, the whole idea is that you're safe to do that without worrying about someone in the public seeing your discussion of oh yeah why is my water so brown all of a sudden and you don't kind of stuff that you don't want really being in, in the public eye, right? So it being an authenticated group really helps keep that security around the conversation in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Really quick stat on the growth of, you can see 2016, beginning of 2016, this is the, <coughs> the amount of posts. Really 2016, it started to take off. So there was a good year or so of stagnation. You can see in around the flow conference, right around here, boom, there's, there's nice spikes up there and then everybody wishing each other 
a uh, happy Christmas right there as well, which is kind of kind of interesting. You can also see a direct correlation here between the spikes and the days when I'm procrastinating doing some work. Mm. You know? So the activity just like goes yeah, way exactly. up. Basically. <laughs> and it is a growing group. It's been steadily growing. Um, two members per day on average. Um, yeah, I took that over, I think, the past three or four months or something like that. So it's on its uh, on, a, on the upcline, and like Dan said, there is a bottleneck, um, you know, getting in, but it's not a bad thing either because it is to vet the people that are coming in to make sure they're not like, you know, some company or somebody who just wants to start advertising themselves or somebody who maybe is just lurking and they're not actually in the float industry itself. For every one person that gets in, there's 10 people who have nothing to do with operations of the float center. They're just kind of curious about what this float collective thing is. Exactly. And so this, I want to give a big round of applause here, I think. I don't think, this is actually unhealthy. <laughs> Maybe. I don't think that I should be applauded for that. Oh, uh, this is not talking about Greg. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Which is Greg. Greg, definitely. Thank you. <laughs> You'll recognize some other kind of a part of like, a, awesome. like an adjective or like a like a, like a, like a synonym <laughs> of been people Griffin. getting involved. Yeah. Yeah. What's Carmen? This is the this is just a website I use to to pull some of these different stats and stuff, and they have a ranking system based on you know the way that you interact with the group, and they assign like a point system. So they called it Karma. So oh. Greg has the most. Greg has tons yeah. of Karma. Look at that. And also, <laughs> you're you're here as well. Um, What's up, man? <laughs> well, yeah, big round of applause for everybody getting involved and yeah. Um, the group this, uh, this is not meant to uh, incentivize people to uh, you know procrastinate in their businesses and post all the time, but it is to show that you know the engagement and, and, and kind of like you know you're serving your community by giving back and, and not only one, feeling comfortable, like Dan said, to reach out and get help, but also realize that if you have value to give to somebody, spend the five seconds it takes to throw a little response in there or addition or even a like, just to put that, that comment or that, that solution up at the top. It makes a massive difference, right? It's the giving and the receiving of, of everything. So. Absolutely. And then this last one here, this is, um, we talked about vetting people coming in. So this is actually taken from uh, a little questionnaire that we have. So before you join the group, some of you may have done it already. We only started this in May, and uh, it's a list of about eight or nine questions, and it's meant to help us identify who the person is, if they have any specific skill sets, what their motivations are, um, coming into the group, and if they're part of the float industry, kind of what stage are they in? So, you know, very, very similar to what you maybe see in the um, industry uh, uh, questionnaire that Float Tank Solutions puts out but you can see the majority of the people joining the group over the past, I think this is 120 days uh, or so, is uh, new startups or they've only been in business for a year or less. So kind of interesting to see just the age of some of the people, but you can see there's people that have been open for years and years in the group as well. And you know that's only gonna get, gonna get better as the industry grows. And on one quick note with here, just like the idea of value inside experience foundation perspective is, um, and this again, repetition goes back to the idea that just because you're coming into this and you're a brand new float center 
or you have only been open under a year, don't think that you can't add like incredible levels of value, especially if you come from a different career or industry or business in which there's like, like there's a lot of information that's applicable, right? Realize that this experience and foundation and perspective is not just for the people who've been like three years, two, three years. Um, it's the idea that even, even coming in, realizing that you could be bringing in a different perspective than any of us and that could be of like immense, immense value. So don't think that you have to be in the industry for a certain time or host a certain level of floats to kind of give value or at least give some feedback. So now with this, we're gonna really pass uh, the, the reins over to, to Dan and Brad um, to kind of start this conversation, which is really the bread and butter of what we're, what we're trying to do today. And it's kind of focused off um, a lot of what happened on the Facebook group in terms of the questions that a lot of people are most interested in. So they'll, they'll kind of break down each one and then we'll get into kind of a cool, a cool conversation. So. We step back just one second and just gut check everything we just showed you. Does it make sense? The, so we're, we're trying to frame for you who we are, this little core group. Does it make sense what we do, like what we're trying to do? Are there any questions around it? A little bit of housekeeping, I guess, first. So it is being audio recorded. So like you said, there might be a little delay while Dylan scoots his bum and points the mic. Um, and uh, there are you know, other Float Collective, quote unquote, people in the audience. So Christian, uh, Jules over here, if you're uncomfortable or anything, maybe sharing your opinion and you feel more comfortable writing it down, you want to pass them a note or you want to, you know, whisper in their ear or anything like that and you want them to share something on behalf of yourself feel free this is totally open discussion so i hope you feel comfortable just you know letting it rip so these so these were identified as you know we put this on the facebook group and said hey what do we want to talk about like what what are the burning issues like so last year it was kind of like what are the burning issues about our growth as an industry and how we move forward and are we staying aligned with who we want to be this is a bit more of like, okay, what are some of the other issues that we all view as, as the main issues that are problem areas or areas that aren't getting enough attention or areas that I keep banging my head up against the wall over and don't feel like I'm getting traction on. So this is what you all said you wanted to talk about. So this is less us saying these are the important issues. This is what you guys are saying are the important issues. Um, so we don't really have an agenda for each one of these. This is supposed to be a two-way. It's not us just talking at you. This is, this is an open open conversation. Um, and so the, the biggest one on the top of the list was the whole concept of educating our communities and connecting you with... Then? Do you have like the percentages or the, in your head of what each of these were in terms of... Because obviously like these ones were kind of the, the biggest. Percentages, I think uh, my math is going to suck on this. I think it was maybe like 20, 20, 20, 10, 10, and a bunch of ones, something That's like perfect. that. I know this, maybe I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw you into the mix, because I know this was a big one for you, right? How, how to activate, how to connect with local media and how to commun educate communities. Like, what are the things that are holding us back around that? Well, this is obviously top of mind for you, so. What are the things that we've tried? You know, I, I think that's a good place to start too. What has worked, what hasn't? And what problem are we trying to solve? When we, when we ask that question, community educating, getting local media attention, what problem is it as an industry that we're actually trying to solve when we identify that? I think that's that's something that we need to identify. If we don't identify the problem, we're not gonna be able to come up with solutions. So let's not think solutions as much right now. 
It's just identify the problem, figure out what we've tried, really put ourselves in our guests or our customer's shoes and identify why, why do we think community education, getting local media attention would really help us as an industry. I'll go. <laughs> well, I think I, now I, I come from an advertising point of view and um, I worked for um, the Yellow Pages when there was such a thing um, back before Google. Um, and, and I know how important it is that to get local media attention so that your community in one fell swoop or like, you know, a couple of minute um, promo or, or anything can get a lot of attention from a lot of people. And whether they're gonna do something about it right now or they're gonna do something about it later, it's just gonna be in their mind, at least it brings awareness that there is a flotation tank center in your town. So we're getting a lot of national media attention. Um, we're getting a lot of, you know, from sports teams to, you know, like comedians to you know, like a ton of people are starting to float and people are, it's, it's becoming, again, part of our culture. It was on Hallmark last night, unfortunately, in a bad way. Um, but it was, um, it, you know, it's always a good thing when a friend of yours texts you, oh, I saw a flotation tank on the Hallmark show last night. Somebody died in it. <laughs> Great, I'll share. <laughs> um, no, no, it means it's getting into the mainstream. Terrific. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, the, yeah, the whole thing is don't float alone. Float with a professional. So yeah, she's cute. Like but with a professional? No, like, no, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> in your tank. Don't float alone. Awkward. Let a professional float you. Um, so I was really frustrated because in my town in Tucson, Arizona, which is considered a big city, but really isn't, um, and it's considered a big city because we have a lot of snowbirds and a lot of students that come in at one point of the year and that's when they do the census. And then everyone leaves and it's not, no one's there anymore. And um, it was frustrating because every time I went to, you know, sent a press release out to the media or, you know, got a contact, I saw somebody at the, at the a restaurant and said, you're the anchor, I have a flotation tank center. Um, they thought it was a commercial. They thought that it was not interesting to the community. They thought that it was not of value to the community. It would be just value to me. And then when sports teams started floating and winning, um, I brought it up again and let them know because in our town where I live, the Wildcats are voted the least likely to win anything this year ever in football. So, you know, I started letting them know, hey, other teams such as, you know, the, uh, the Milwaukee, or not Milwaukee, the uh, Wisconsin Badgers are floating. I mean, because of the information I learned about in this group, I was able to, you know, arm myself to show them again. None of it made any difference. Um, now, I, I, got some I got some local media attention a couple of weeks ago. Why? Because one of the sports guy, one of the um, news guys had a rotator cuff problem, went to a physical therapist, saw my brochure at the physical therapist, picked it up, read it, and called me. And he ended up doing the story about veterans and PTSD who float. So I'm gonna say I don't have a clue as to how to get yourself in, the in front of the media except make sure you've got your brochures everywhere. So it seems like one and one and three kind of mash together a little bit. So there's there's an education issue. There's educating the community. There's educating media. There's educating medical professionals and kind of the local champions. And all those kind of th things kind of go together, right? If you're tackling one, it's going to spill over into the other. So maybe it's less about 
trying to educate the media who just view it as, well, you just want to run a commercial. And more about educating the mass of people around them so that everyone is talking about it and then the media has to, has to pay attention. Yeah, and could, I that, think, could that possibly be a... I think that's part of it. I mean, I did, I started doing lunch and learns at physical therapy centers around town, and that's how they knew about it, and they asked me to keep my brochure there, and I offered them all free floats within the next two weeks. You know, I noticed one thing is that if you're going to offer free floats to a group, put a time limit on it, because they won't do it. Um, but see, there's other places, like for example, in who's, who, oh, he just recently opened a center in Washington, and he got... Like the media came out and said, "Wow, we have this big flotation tank center now opening in this." In yeah, in Spokane. In Spokane, um, and I can't remember his name. Yeah. Um, but he got a ton of calls and started filling up a whole bunch of slots. You know, I think it's a, I think it's a locale thing. You know about how your media sees you as a business, and is this just a commercial or is this of value to the community? Has anybody had success with sort of activating local local media and, and in particular getting them to perceive this as, as an addition to the community versus yeah, business just wants to run an, run an ad? Anybody? Kind of like accidentally did. Um, we were celebrating our last week of construction and having a drink in like the pub down the street and the head of economic development was there for the city and he kind of said if I run this story on you and I can bring business people when they're in town and showcase you for all like we have a lot of people who come locally through the summer um, so they actually paid the new the local newspaper to run an ad on us so then we got to keep the marketing but they use it for economic development in our whole city and it drove a ton of people in and then chiropractors and physio and everybody were a little more likely to kind of refer patients right off the bat without us going to them I mean, so much of it is just diffusing the weirdness, right? Once you get one little pocket of people who don't view it as weird anymore, then they start talking to another pocket of people, and then it just becomes more more accepted. Yeah, I also had uh, good luck with that kind of economic development angle. Uh, my center's in a small town in Colorado, and like a lot of small towns, a lot of the recent development is going on kind of outside town on the strip where the big boxes are. Uh, my center is in downtown, which is not quite happening this time, but the city is really trying to make an effort. So um, all I had to do was basically start my business there and people were contacting me. They're really trying to promote um, that downtown development where I am. So it, it was real helpful for me when I first opened. I got a lot of buzz. Um, and it, for in that case, I don't think it was so much about, um, you know, what I'm actually doing, just more downtown development, downtown development. So the location was really key for me in getting that attention. How many people here are a member of the local chamber of commerce? Okay. Okay. Because that, that's a big part of activating other people to do your work for you and have them talking about you. Yeah. I still think it's important to send out our PSAs and to you know do the, the groundwork get the word out to as many people as you want. I'm an author, and I remember we used, when we were promoting me, as an author, we used to say the author sneezes. And like every time something happens at your center, you send out a PSA to everybody, and eventually they're gonna start remembering who you are, and then they run into you at a farmer's market, or they see an ad that you have on Facebook, or you know, something happens, that's going to trigger them 
to possibly do something. It's the hundredth monkey, you know, syndrome, or the you know, in the um, advertising world, we call it the rule of seven, where you have to have somebody has to be exposed to your new idea seven times in some way before it even computes that it's that you're there, unless they have a need immediately for you. If they haven't, if you say got a bad back and they have a bad back, they're going to pay attention to you. But if you say got a bad back and they're fine, they're not until one day they have a bad back. Or you know, like so it, it's part of you know, I think getting the word you know like doing that shotgun approach I think works if you can afford the time to do it. So I think one of the things that we on the Flow Collective Board have talked about is you know how how do we serve as catalysts to get things done in a collective way. So, you know, an example, a simple example is, you know, when we get to medical professionals, you can only describe the benefits of floating to a chiropractor so many ways. It doesn't vary region by region. So it would probably make sense to have a guide for floating for chiropractic offices to be developed, right? And that could be done centrally, and that's a cost that could be shared amongst all of us, and we all benefit from it. Is there a way that that could apply to local media? Perhaps, and um, maybe not you know, producing materials that go to them, but just that I, that idea that is there something can be done centrally that can then be distributed outwards for everybody to benefit from. We sort of did. I don't know what the answer to that is. Yeah, I can't remember who it was again. Um, somebody did that, and they, they they pushed it out to all of us. Was it Trey? Was it you? I don't think so. As far as chiropractors? No, no. They sent a press release out to like. Chiropractors and yes, it was the Harders. Yeah, and they did a whole bunch of different press releases, and they sent it. They, I think it's on our um, in our our definite board. Okay. Oh. I think. Okay. We should go look in our file section. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Hi. Um, so I'm I'm in Georgia, and in Georgia and stuff, there are literally two float centers in the entire state that I've been able to find, and one of them I heard it was. Pretty much a backyard someone just kind of put something in there and stuff so um as far as like getting things out to the chiropractors the medical professionals and stuff i'm kind of in a unique position um i have a lot of chronic conditions um failed back surgeries um go to a pain clinic and um, recently i've actually been talking to all of my doctors about it and i've been having to educate them because none of them have even heard of this but like all seriously none of them um but right, George, when, we believe you <laughs> when I talk to him about it, because so I'm on I'm on a lot of of very um, heavy pain medications, and if this is something that I don't personally want to be on, I'm looking for you know all kinds of ways to get off of them. And you know the first time I floated, I went 24 hours without having to be on like anything, but I could use over the counter medication. And when my doctors are hearing this, like they want to know more, and they want to know where these centers are and stuff. And so. Um, with going to the open a center and stuff and how he was talking about giving out free floats, I mean, the only thing I could say is find your people that are in pain and they're going to the pain clinics and stuff like that. And, you know, if it's beneficial to them, they're going to talk to their doctors and they're going to tell them that this was amazing. And my doctors already, because I'm in the process of, you know, funding and stuff like that, they're like, as soon as you get it open, let me know. I want to send, you know, my people. I want to offer this and stuff as a, you know, an alternative and stuff for them. So I, it's, I think it really goes back to, you know, number three goes back to number one. It's 
getting the word out there and stuff. And mm -hmm. if you have people that are in that position that are in the doctor's offices that, you know, are constantly, you know, they're going in for their prescriptions and stuff and coming out with bottles, you know, like this big for your three month supply of, you know. It. Your, your clients are your best salespeople, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, your happy client. Well, I mean, when, when a chiropractor's been working with someone for years and they're not seeing progress and all of a sudden the adjustments are super easy and they're making rapid progress, they, they want to know why and then they start hearing about this blood thing that they're doing, right? Or with pain disorders too. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm just agreeing with you. I don't know if anyone here has had success finding, I know some people have, finding like Instagram or Facebook, social media influencers or mavens people that you know have a lot like a big following and if they float love it they're gonna share the shit out of it and tell everyone about it um, I, I haven't yet but it's been a project of mine after reading Malcolm Gladwell's tipping point two weeks ago is to find those people in the community that have a big following if they post about it maybe you know maybe the local media will see their posts about it because they probably might be friends with connector somewhere that gets you connected to anchors on TV or newspaper writers, that kind of thing. Yeah. And maybe on, on, on that, like in addition to that question, because I think that'd be really cool if anybody has either an experience or, or thoughts on it, um, is to add on to that is, does anybody, has anybody thought of that or heard of it, but maybe is not comfortable on how to execute that properly or, or how to how to even do that? Like, like you said, it's like, it, it makes sense, but it's on a it's on a big bucket list of, of stuff to do. But is there anybody that has tried that or has any interest in that? Yeah, I've had a few people reach out to me, and I've come out and they've given them free floats. The problem is they haven't yet actually posted anything after their float because they're like, oh, I'm really busy doing other stuff, but I'm gonna get to it and I'm gonna post it. So I'm just kind of waiting to see if it happens. But I don't push them. I'm just like, hey, you got your float, you liked it. I figure there, it'll come around at some point. So. And it's got to be someone already. People that want, like they float and they right. right away they're like, oh, I gotta tell everyone about this. Yeah. Like the real maven people that are gonna tell everyone right. about it right away. And it's got to be someone who really loves floating because yeah. if they love it, they're gonna be active in it. If they've been talked into it, we had an MMA fighter who was supposed to be cultivating all this social media buzz, and he liked it. He saw the benefits, but he didn't. He didn't love it. He wasn't really into it, and so it just kind of fell flat. But I think identifying those clients that you have who just really love it and maybe have some time on their hands. So people with pain disorders often are unemployed as a result of their condition, so they have time on their hands. Um, vets, as a result of their conditions, a lot of them are unemployed, have some time on their hands. So in the veterans workshop earlier on, the, the idea of giving free floats to vets, because as Gary put it, he said, vets like free shit, um, but uh, his words. Someone made the point that you know you can have a different form of currency rather than a vet paying for a float and they might not have the money for it. They can they can pay in a different form of currency in the form of reviews, right? But that could also be somebody who takes to social media for you and you know and say, okay, we'll we'll give you twenty floats, whatever it is, you know, or we'll set you up with a, a monthly membership. But your currency for that is going to be you're going to go out and engage in social media activity to to promote this, right? So. It's really about identifying those people who love to float and maybe have some time on their hands that can actually go out and do that. And I know a vet who's pretty good with social media stuff, so it's a skill set that can be found. Not, not with Trey, but because he's busy. <laughs> a useful thing that uh, we've done with our center 
our ambassadors and uh, everything like that get them posting is to make it as easy as possible by giving them a PDF of what they can say, where they can say it specifically, yeah. and how to say it, and how frequently to say it. Um, <laughs> you know, too many variables, right? Um, I found the, the problem of people not posting or the problem of people not posting frequently enough when you have something, expectations clearly delineated, kind of seems pushy, but I don't personally care. Um, <laughs> you know, because it produces the result that we want, we found that it's better than not doing that. Are these people that you give free floats? Yeah, free typically? Floats. Anybody we give free floats, we give instructions to. It's fair. Yeah. Is, has anybody else done anything like that for free floats when they give away free floats? Yeah. never charge her post twice a week and she is pretty much one of our biggest sources of people for referral. Awesome. And she's young too. She's uh, 20, mid-20s. So she has a very big uh, social media presence as well. Has she found that floating helps with Lyme? Oh, significantly. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. There is, they need a rapid detox because if they don't end essentially is what's poisoning them and causing their symptoms. Cool. And there's another question. So, as someone looking to start a float center, obviously looking at this, it's not like the field of dreams, build it and they will come. However, as you look at some of these, they're all tied in, like you mentioned before. Uh, how do you go about, do you see the float collective being the evolution of like a clearinghouse for anecdotal versus imperial information that's out there? Because as you go out there, it's kind of like overwhelming. As you look at, while well, some people are saying floating could do this, and others are saying you do this. Has, has anybody as a community, like say the Northwest region, there's so many float centers in the Northwest region, come together and go, we're gonna, as a collective, go out and give this informational information out rather than as individual groups. And then you're combining your money together too, and not one individual is trying to do all this work. It's as a collective, you know, much with the float collective, trying to do this. Is that, is like an evolutionary possibility that well, you're, you're looking at? You're jumping into point six as well, which comes down to yeah, competition versus high, cooperation, yeah. right? I mean, I, for my part, I, I love seeing when float centers work together. Like Kaylin did this really successfully. She went in together with another float center on a marketing campaign and you had this beautiful poster, two of them. Yeah. It just works, right? Um, I'm just I'm just south of Seattle and it, I don't know if anybody is with a Seattle float center here, but it, it seems like they're all very separated from each other and there's a there was a big discussion about Groupon on the on the, the page recently. But there's, there's kind of an arms race with Groupon. And I would say metropolitan areas in, in general. And I just spent half an hour looking at some of the numbers that was getting lost by the Seattle industry. And I was like, holy shit, like, that's like a quarter million dollar loss just because they're not working together and allowing this outside force to siphon off a little bit of cash for their own pockets. But it's actually you know, really damaging the, the industry. Um, so, I mean, that's, on, that's, that's really a big reason for workshops like this is for us to promote that idea that we're not in competition we are in cooperation we all have the same goal we just want people in float tanks right because it'll be a better world and to your um, point to your point too about the evolution of the actual float collective itself like we were talking last night it's really about getting really good at bringing people together who need to borrow each other's skill sets and time and and um, for us you know, on the, the board of 
the Flow Collective to really be just the facilitators of connecting those dots and allowing people, maybe not even in the same geographic area, to have those conversations so that they can work together. You know, you might get two or three people that are really, maybe they're three chiropractors and they're like, we own float centers, we're all over the US, it doesn't matter, let's get together, let's get a marketing dude in there from the industry who also owns a float center, is already passionate about it, their heart's in the right place, and let's work together to create some material. And then the float collective, essentially the board, can just be the ones that connect those people, and if there's any funding needs or anything like that, that's where the community comes in, where we can crowdsource. Think about anecdotal. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is good for like Lyme disease. This is good for yeah. chiropractic or physical therapist. You get a couple of physical therapists, and then they're all collectively backing, if you will, the anecdotal. Kind of gives it a little bit more emphasis as you go out and try to reach potential clients, if you will. You know, the therapy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. So, to go into what you were saying, if it's amongst a private organization or online where we're not advertising. Advertising that we heal with floating can be also dangerous in the United States because we have agencies that prefer to sell um, uh, pharmaceutical drugs for, for uh, health or non-health mm -hmm. issues. And so we don't really want to advertise that we're the cure-all even though it, it works for better than most things, but we, it's really not a good idea to put a lot of money in and go out and advertise that, in my opinion. That was Soul of the Industry Part 1. Thank you so much for listening. I'm excited to get Part 2 to you next. And uh, I also just want to give a shout out to Floataway. Floataway is owned by Colin Stanwell Smith and his lovely wife, Ginny who make the float around, the uh, let's see, open float around, closed float around, float cabin, I, I can't name all the tanks, the tranquility. Now they've got uh, pop-up tent float tanks, <laughs> which are inflatable float tanks, which sound like a terrible idea, unless you were at the float conference and actually got to check it out and kind of punch the walls and sit on the walls of the float tank and see what kind of crazy technology is going into inflatable float tanks. So that's really cool. And if you have any interest in being a mobile float center, that that's kind of a no-brainer to do, uh, to deflate your float tank and then reflate it <laughs> at the, the next stop that you're at. So uh, let's see here. Oh, also, they announced the largest circular float pool on the market named the Serenity. So that's uh, really awesome as well. Go to floataway.com if you want to check them out. Again, thanks, everybody, for listening. Really appreciate it, and we'll see you next week. Remember, there's an infinite amount to find in the presence of nothing. So spend some time there. We'll see you next week. Bye.